something's happening to Dan. It's confusing. It's awkward. It's family. Welcome to Dan for Life, a short form interview podcast about 2007's Dan in Real Life, a film in which Emily Blunt drives a convertible. This week on Dan for Life, the pod, Lauren, our second chair of the pod, is out on assignment. So I'm going to go ahead and dive headfirst into the film's cast. But like a child at a community pool, I cannot be expected to do it unsupervised. So today I'd like to welcome a guest who is a filmmaker in his own right. He has recently directed a warm, lively concert documentary titled Introducing Juan Waters. He is the co-host of the groundbreaking Mike Myers Movie Club, and you can catch his bubbly interview style on his premiere podcast, The Seltzer Cast. Listeners, please welcome to the pod the wickedly talented one and only Sean Patrick O'Brien. Welcome, Sean. Wow, Nick. That was a great intro. I appreciate it. Well, you have like this whole aura that goes before you um, that I just need the listeners to know about. Now, I mentioned it at the very end, and I didn't even say the full title of the pod. My apologies. The podcast is called The Seltzer Cast with Sean Patrick O'Brien. Hey, Sean Patrick O'Brien, tell us about that Seltzer Cast. Seltzer Cast is a podcast ranging from anywhere from 15 minutes to over an hour where me and a guest or me and some friends uh, try some seltzer and We'll review it. We'll talk about what seltzer means to us. Um, I'm obsessed with seltzer, so that's why I started it. Who doesn't like carbonated beverages? It's just a place for me to share some drinks with friends in a time when we can't go out and do that. Let me just go ahead and get this out of the way. Have you seen the movie Dan in real life? I have not seen the movie Dan in real life. I have seen the poster for Dan (laughs) in real life. What are your thoughts on that poster? It's haunting. Okay. I don't think that Steve Carell is unattractive, but I don't think it's a flattering photo of him. And I guess that's intentional, but it is, it's 4K before 4K existed. You know, listener, you don't invite Sean on the podcast if he's not going to pop and he is just popping off right at the start with an unflattering take on the Steve Carell photo, (laughs) which I love. So you haven't seen the movie. Now we're 0-3. I have not found someone else to talk about this movie with that has seen the movie. (laughs) If you had to guess the plot of this movie based on your thoughts of the poster, what would it be? I think it's one of those movies where a very funny person, specifically Steve Carell, is in a very unfunny role to tell you what the movie is about specifically. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> I just think it's about a very sad man who... You're not wrong in that aspect. Yeah. That genre you're describing is a genre I definitely gravitated towards in high school. This movie, Dan in Real Life, it was Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, shout out Zach. It was also Rain Over Me with Don Cheadle and Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, have you seen that movie? I think I might have seen the whole movie do you remember the plot of that movie hinges on the fact that adam sandler's family died in um the 9-11 attacks yes and he finds comfort in shadow of the colossus video game on the playstation 2 that he just keeps playing in a depressive state with don yeah like yeah the movie i think i have seen that whole movie speaking of actors like adam sandler and don Cheadle, let's go ahead and get into the cast of dan in real life steve coral corral steve corral Dan, 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 Dan is played by Steve Carell. What are your thoughts on the man, the myth, the Carell? 
I like Steve Carell. I think that he is very funny when he's given the right role. Absolutely. Other times, maybe he's amazing being a dramatic actor. I loved him in Foxcatcher. I thought okay. that was like phenomenal. Yeah. And then I think maybe movies like I liked it at the time, but I don't think that a movie like Get Smart would like hold up now. And I think that at the time they were just throwing him into like a ton of films. But I think that he is super talented. It just really depends on like the material that's being given to him. Have you seen Dinner for Schmucks? I have seen Dinner for Schmucks. I saw it opening weekend, actually. <laughs> okay, I... midnight premiere. Sean is a <laughs> schmuck head. He is in the front row. He wants to see Steve Carell wearing some glasses Hell if yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah, I, I don't hate that movie. I think it's pretty funny. I gotta ask, just like Ray Romano welcomed us to Moose Sport way back when, have you, Sean Patrick O'Brien, been welcomed to Marwin? I haven't, but another movie where I was excited to see it. Right. I had taken many pictures with the standees <laughs> in the movie theaters okay, because good. I thought it was hilarious. Obsessed with the trailer. Yes. Didn't also Robert Zemeckis, amazing mm-hmm. director when yes. he is Iconic. good. Uh, right. Roger Rabbit, one of my favorite movies. I skipped Marwin. Not a Marwin head. That's fine. But when you're in the lobby of a movie theater, you're playing with the standees, the posters, just like Mark Hogan Camp plays with his Marwin toys, which <laughs> maybe that's what the trailer wanted to inspire. Let's go ahead and move on because I'm sure this podcast is going to get into Steve Carell yeah. so much because, again, this is an evergreen podcast. We're never going to get tired of any content from this 90 minute movie. Juliette Binoche. Okay, Julie. Second lead. Juliette Binoche, French actress. Have you seen her in other films? I see she was in High Life. That is, I think, the only film I've seen her in. Clouds of Sils Maria. I did not see it. Godzilla. I've seen Godzilla. 2014, Brian yes. Cranston, Godzilla? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did not know there she was go. in that. But A lot of nice French movies. Oh, she was in a Wuthering Heights adaptation in 1992 that I show my students sometimes. I'm aware of a lot of her movies. Right. I don't know her very well, but I am aware that she She's like a great actress and she was in High Life and I loved High Life and I remember her role in High Life. She was also apparently in the 2017 film Ghosts in the Shell, which I don't remember anything about other than seeing it opening weekend. Not a good movie. Oh, wow. I, okay, I think this movie doesn't exist. I could do. I remember the outcry when ScarJo was, of course, exactly. cast as an anime character. But beyond that, Juliette Binoche, fourth lead in this movie. Interesting. Dane Cook. We get brought to our third lead. Now, we're not going to dive too heavy into him because I think in a brilliant um, move of podcast booking, I booked our acquaintance, Zach, to talk about the Dane Cook of it all. What do you know about good luck Chuck himself, Daniel Cook? boy. He was a stand-up comedian. I guess he is a stand-up comedian. He probably is. He was the voice of Dusty Crop Hopper in the Planes movie and video game. I did not know that. That is hilarious. (laughs) He was in several episodes of Crank Yankers, apparently. I feel like Dane Cook was a stand-up comedian that a lot of people in, like, middle school really like. But being that I was like, I'm a good kid. I'm not going to watch that Mm -hmm. filthy stand-up. Dane Cook 
that was not in my consciousness so oh that's completely fair yeah he was like incredibly popular in my middle school he was a star that ran fast and bright am i allowed to bring up his romantic relationship please do i do not know anything about him oh uh he's 46 years old and he's uh dating a 19 year old i don't like that sean no me either i don't like that fact (laughs) sorry to bring it up john mahoney now we get brought to like kind of the opposite of a Dane Cook. We get Frasier's John Mahoney playing Poppy in the film Dan in real life. Are you a Frasier head at all? I am the biggest Frasier head. Okay. I only know him from Dan in real life, I would yeah. have to say. I am not the biggest Frasier head. If I recall, he is the gentleman in the Lazy Boy recliner. Who has the dog. Okay, great. Yes. Good. In the pilot of Frasier. Frasier spoilers. Okay, go off. The dad moves in with Frasier. And he says, like, you're not going to bring Eddie. Like, Eddie's such a big inconvenience. And they're talking about it as if Mm -hmm. Eddie's, like, a friend. And then it cuts to Frasier sitting with Eddie. And you realize, like, Eddie's, like, the dog. And it's very (laughs) That's a great pilot joke. That's going to make me, like, pick up that series if I'm an exec. (laughs) Oh, wow. He's in Moonstruck as well and Barton Fink. I did not know that. I only know him from Frasier. Right. I was honestly obsessed with Frasier for a couple months of my life when I feel like I only tweeted about Frasier. Cool. Go back on my Twitter. You will only see Frasier tweets. I have never worn it, but in my closet, I have a Frasier crew jacket. Good, good, good. He is just so funny and like really loud on Frasier. And it's just Mm -hmm. the perfect, instead of saying like every man, like the every dad. Okay. Like he just has all the dad traits as a opposed to like Frasier and Niles are like very like stuffy people who are like we love Sondheim we love going to the opera and I'm like relatable and then the dad (laughs) the dad is like just he's like a man's man like he's he's very he's like a retired cop and just he he's a he's a direct contrast from Frasier. Emily Blunt (laughs) I can't believe she's in this movie Uh, Emily if you're listening I love you in this movie and like I guess, hi, John. Hey, here's some good news for you. Your wife's in an amazing film. We get the wild card of this film as our next cast character. Wow. This movie came out in 2007, just after kind of what put her on the scene in a very big way. We get an iconic character for our Dan heads out there, Ruthie Pigface Draper. What a name. Played by... Emily Blunt. <laughs> it, it is played for a laugh where like someone sets up Dan on a date with Ruthie Draper and the gang is like, no, you can't set up Dan with pig face Draper. And he's dreading the date. But then Emily Blunt walks in the door and it's a way for you to be in the theater, Sean, and just go, huh. She doesn't look like a pig face. (laughs) Oh boy. I will say that this movie only comes out, I want to say probably six, eight months after Devil Wears Prada with her iconic role as Emily. I really like Sicario. Okay. A lot. Good. And I really like A Quiet Place as well. Okay. Frequent collaborations with her husband, John Krasinski. I'm also learning from this filmography, like speaking of A Quiet Place, but she apparently voiced Satomi in the English dub of The Wind Rises and famously with John Krasinski yeah, was on as well exactly yeah. which I find that to be very interesting um good for her okay I love that movie yeah the girl on the train herself I actually did like her as Mary Poppins I don't know if that's a hot take but no that is not a hot take that is like the lukewarmest take in the world because <laughs> when you hear that casting announcement I just immediately remember me nodding my head in agreement and like yeah. if anyone could I'm sure it could be her 
And I'm yeah, into absolutely. that. Oh my God. One of my favorites is just, she plays the exact same character like five years later, but her role as Miss Piggy's receptionist in the 2011 Muppet movie. That's right. Yeah. I'm all over that one specific scene, probably. Um, That movie. Oh boy. Maybe Kira will have to do a breakdown minisode at some point. But <laughs> God, that movie. Well, it's not really a mini-sode, but this podcast has been in production for so long that the Zillennial Canon with Kira has released an episode on the 2011 Muppet movie. Please seek that out. It's like hearing my internal monologue um, arguing with each other for about roughly 60-90 minutes. I don't know. Okay, now here's Sean and me talking about Allison Pill, Britt Robinson, and Marlene Lawson, the daughters. And then moving on, we get to Dan's three daughters, Allison Pill as Jane, Britt Robinson, then Brittany Robinson as Kara, and Marlene Lawson as Lily. Do you recognize any of these three daughters? I recognize Allison Pill off the bat, definitely. Like, what is the one role you associate her with? Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Also, American Horror Story. I remember she was in that. Oh, man. Was she in Arrested Development? Unfortunately, there's no way to know. <laughs> I remember her as Zelda Fitzgerald in Midnight in Paris. That's right. Okay. I'm an English teacher. That's like the one movie I kept watching over and over again. Right. Like, I know these people. And I remember her being very good in that. And I also just really recall her, obviously, in um, Scott Pilgrim. She plays a great Kim. But I'm seeing here Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yes, go off. But also, apparently, right before Dan in real life, she was in a TV series called The Book of Daniel, which is an unofficial um, (laughs) prequel series. At least I assume it must be. But good for her. Okay. Oh, she was in Vice and Star Trek Picard. Good for her. And Devs. Good for you. Good for you, Allison Pill. But I'm going to move on to Britt Robinson, who I just know from the Brad Bird um, directed film Tomorrowland. Oh, was she the star of that? She is the lead of that movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. I fell asleep during that movie. Hey, that's fair. (laughs) It sounds like a movie I would really enjoy, but um, like it, I love Tomorrowland, the actual land at Disney, but uh, the movie itself was not a fan. But like looking at Britt Robinson, just I remember Tomorrowland. I watched it in quarantine just because I don't know any other time to start watching that movie. Of course. And I watched it with a friend and we just kept screaming the entire time because we kept getting uh, we kept getting a younger version of Britt Robinson confused with Raffi Cassidy and with an older version of Britt Robinson in the movie because they did a little time jump in like the first 10 minutes that just completely threw us off. So I guess just the anxiety of not recognizing anyone kept us awake throughout that entire film. Right. The youngest daughter is not that accomplished as an actress. Dan in real life was her second to last role, but I'm seeing that she was in 2005's Flight Plan with Jodie Foster. I'm sorry. Um, and I think she plays her daughter in that movie. Interesting. And cool. Good for you, Marlene Austin. <laughs> I hope that she is well wherever she may be. I would hope so. <laughs> Amy Ryan. So like Dan in Real Life is a movie where you are filming it in between like seasons two and three of The Office. Steve Carell literally like leaves the set of The Office and gets on the Dan in Real Life set six hours before filming, two weeks after all the other principal actors. And people are drawn to the theater to watch Dan in Real Life for the Steve Carell of it all, the Michael Scott. And a nice little treat for those that continue to watch The Office, Amy Ryan, who plays his eventual spoiler alert for The Office wife, is playing like I think a sister-in-law or a sister in Dan 
scan in real life. Sean, are you an office head at all? I used to be. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the kind of show that, for lack of a better term, the locals have claimed. (laughs) (laughs) The teens found out about friends in the office and Sean bows out. Yeah. I liked it when it was on air. I stopped watching it when Steve Carell left. So if that says anything about The Office and Steve Carell's uh, acting career, well, there it is. I'm not a fan of the actor James Spader. So once they threw him in, was was like, I'm out of here. You don't like that they teased you with a bunch of celebrity cameos at the end of Steve Carell's last season? Who were much more famous than James Spader. Oh, I loved that, Nick. (laughs) What about when James Spader leaves and they kind of like hint that one of those celebrities is going to come back and then it's just Ed Helms at the front of the office for the final season. That didn't bring I you back in? did not get that far. <laughs> I was I was done by then. I had heard that the finale was incredible. Did not bother to watch it because I wasn't sure. caught up. Like when people think about the office and when people yeah. talk about the office they talk about those key episodes that everybody really really loves mm-hmm. and like of course I remember it and yeah it is like a clearly defining moment in television and i think that it is a great show right but i think that my days of being like this is the only show i watch and i'm gonna rewatch that is over it's over and maybe years down the line i'll revisit something like that or parks and rec and i'll be like this is really funny this had an amazing cast look at all their careers where they went from here but it's just uh i don't know with time uh, history has changed and mm-hmm. things have changed and um i think we just become a little wiser a little older yeah and maybe we'll revisit yeah. it in the future okay so like famously in that last section sean and i barely even talked about amy ryan's career she's amazing in high maintenance obviously broad city the wire in season two especially um playing bd russell she's really pretty good in beautiful boy and birdman or the unexpected virtue of ignorance amy ryan i apologize i do Anyway, now here's Sean going absolutely off about Norbert Leo Butts. Enjoy. More family members in Dan in real life. We have Norbert Leo Butts, incredible name, as like Brother Clay and Jessica Hayes. I don't know much about these two actors. I have a lot to say about Norbert Leo Butts. (laughs) Please go off. We have a Norbert Leo Butts stand. Eddie Murphy is like shaking in his boots thinking we said Norbit, but we did not. (laughs) While he is an actor that is in a ton of TV shows and movies, he was great as Patty Chayefsky in Fosse Verdon. Loved that. Yes. However, he doesn't shine in movies. I have seen him on Broadway many times. Okay. And he is an incredible actor that I am like, he's somebody in the realm of like also Brian Darcy James that I have seen on Broadway. And then you see him in movies and he's there for like a scene. And you're like, oh, it's that guy I saw live. Norbert Leobuds is so talented when it comes to musicals and i guess because musicals are not um made into movies and even if they are they would want to hire like an a-list celebrity so he doesn't really get his due on in like cinema but he's a great theatrical star i saw him uh yeah his last role was in my fair lady i saw him in my fair lady and he like his numbers just like uh for lack of a better term just like um the whole house was like shaking like it was just so good um and i also saw him in uh big fish and then something i did oh, not see up. him in he played edward bloom in yeah big fish. right 
I'm looking at this. He was really good in that too. I'm looking at this like theater like career. He was Jamie in the last five years. He was Roger in Rent. Yes. He he was Carl Hannity in Catch Me If You Can. Right. And like I've seen like a community theater production of How I Learned to Drive, and he's Uncle Peck. Like this is an accomplished theater career. He is so good. Yeah. Um, Catch Me If You Can, and then also Dirty Rotten Scoundrels are two things that I have not seen on Broadway, but I used to listen to the cast recordings of both of those like all the time yeah uh, you could just tell like he is so he's such a talented actor he has won he has been nominated for multiple tonys he has won two tonys one for dirty rotten scoundrels and catch me if you can good lord i am now a norbert leo butt stand right alongside you he's so good yeah i was uh, honestly i feel like uh-huh. seeing his name and seeing John Mahoney's name I was like oh yeah those that's why I want to talk about the cast because I was like these are two great actors Jessica Hasht moving over to Jessica Hasht she's in a, a two episode role in secession which Twitter loves I assume um <laughs> as a, I have not seen it I have not seen it either and I, Sean I'm so glad I found another person because I'm afraid uh-huh. to let that get out there apparently she was on breaking bad for a while oh she was gretchen like um let's see that's like walt's old um scientist partner buddy's wife okay i don't remember okay. that hey that's fair buddy <laughs> she was in bored to death have you seen bored to death i have yeah <laughs> actually i have erin who is my sister and also another guest on the pod yeah. i feel like we both watched that when it aired and really liked it and then also is shocking to find out that the guy who wrote that either like i think he like wrote you were never really here with walking oh, he phoenix wrote that. he okay. wrote like the book that it was based on i'm pretty sure goodness because i mean that i remember bored to death is like which is like a bleak movie compared to bored to right. death frank wood we have another actor right here frank wood as howard now you might not know Frank Wood. I'm not sure of your history with Frank Wood, but he was in a little film that kind of rocked the media landscape last year. He was in the film Joker. Interesting. I feel like he played a psychiatrist. His name is Dr. Stoner. But um, <laughs> if we could all be so lucky to have that on our call Oh, boy. Sheet. Uh, he was Ed Koch, New York mayor in The Get Down. A lot of these actors, like I was going to say, mm. Frank Wood, reoccurring role on flight of the concords another show that i have seen frank wood also on board to death a lot of these actors are on massive shows oh absolutely i they're just actors that are there like i don't i could not point them out to you (laughs) i want to say maybe frank wood has three lines in dan in real life yeah and it's just like these little bit parts um i did want to bring up something because you brought up your sister who guested recently and talked about adult movies frank wood is also in michael clayton the one of the most adult movies ever so good for you frank (laughs) absolutely diane weist (laughs) can you believe she's in this movie and then we get the and of the billing two-time Academy Award winner Diane Weist as Nana. Would you happen to know any films that she won the Academy Award in? Off no. Off the top of your head. <laughs> I, I am not, like, I genuinely cannot remember anything that she's actually in. And yet, uh, now that oh, I see oh. her <laughs> filmography, uh-huh. um, she's in a bunch of movies that I've seen. Good. Awesome. I definitely know her first and foremost as peg in edward scissorhands right a film that is in my english curriculum for like four consecutive years that i got to show high schoolers 
and she is an incredible Avon sales lady in that. And she's in The Purple Rose at Cairo, which is like the only Woody Allen movie that I still kind of like. Yeah, so I, I mean, she's in The Birdcage as well. I've definitely seen her. Yeah. But I will say that her two Oscars were won for Woody Allen pictures. Both of them? Yes. Wow. Matthew Glee Morrison. Ew. We get to one of my favorite roles in this movie, Glee's Matthew Morrison as policeman. Listening to like all the press for this movie and all the audio commentary, not once is the word Glee ever uttered. Bernie McInerney and Amy Landecker. Landecker. We get two actors in right at the end of the movie playing newspaper publishers, the Lampsons, Bernie McInerney playing James Lampson and his daughter, Cindy Lampson, plays by Amy Landecker. Now, I recognize Amy Landecker from a Same. lot of different projects. Yeah, 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 absolutely. She was in Bombshell. She was one of the main um, actresses in Transparent from Amazon. She was a troll hunter. <laughs> Tales of Arcadia. <laughs> I've definitely gosh. seen her in movies. I remember her from A Serious Man. She's in okay. that. Oh, she was in Doctor Strange? And she was okay. also in this movie that I saw at Tribeca Film Festival called Dreamland, which was directed by Robert Schwartzman. And essentially, it was The Graduate. That's it. Okay. That's all I have to say about it. I love that tidbit. Her father played by Bernie, and I'm just saying, he was in Veep. Good for him. He was in 30 Rock as a priest. Good. Many episodes of Law and Order. But then a role that I would die if it were ever on my IMDb, playing old man on scooter and. Paul Blart Mall Cop. And now I'm not a McElroy brother. I've never seen Paul Blart Mall Cop, but I can just assume that there's some scene with Kevin James on a Segway playing opposite old man on scooter. It got cut out of the episode for some reason, but Felipe Diepa is also in this film and he voices Diego. The Explorer. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so our last cast member is Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges is in this film. Lucas Hedges, the director's son. Look, he, he was in Lady Bird. Um. We're brought to the director's son. Sean, this movie was directed by Peter Hedges. Do you know who his very famous son is? I do, yeah. Go ahead and tell the pod. It's Lucas Hedges. Oh my God, he's so tiny. He's the tiniest boy. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's just in like a, a credit scene at a celebration playing a dance partner to Dan's youngest daughter. He was cut out of the movie. He had a speaking line in a deleted scene. What better way to wrap off our discussion of the cast of Dan in real life than to just talk about Ben himself, Lucas Hedges. He's back. And he's in the conversation. I I kind of love him, to be completely honest with you. I think he's yeah. brilliant. I honestly really agree with you. I have not seen something that he's been in that I did not like. I think that he makes every movie that he's in better. Like, he has a short enough filmography. Let's go through with this first yeah. film. Dan in real life utterly kills it. I did not know he was in the movie till I started this podcast. He was in Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel playing a gas station pump attendant. I was really blown away by him in Manchester by the Sea, of course. So I was going to say also is that um, another Kenneth Lonergan thing that he was in was with um the, it was called the waverly gallery on broadway okay and it was him michael Sarah, and elaine may and wow. it was 
amazing and yeah. he was phenomenal in it and i felt like it was like life-changing while i love his film work of mm-hmm. course it's another example where i'm like he's another actor that's just so good on the stage as well you know i love having this expertise from a person that's from new york knowing about <laughs> theater he gets out there he's not watching on a very weirdly titled youtube video shaky cam footage <laughs> I've been there too. Okay. That's how that's how I was in like in high school and like middle school when I was like getting into theater. There's just certain productions that I wasn't able to see because like mm-hmm. what high schooler has a bank account? So <laughs> time for the invasive question of the pod. On our last episode, I asked Aaron if she knows how to drive. Sean, when did you get your first bank account? <laughs> <laughs> To be uh, completely honest, Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like (laughs) there's always like a point in somebody's life where you're just like, well, I could just buy that myself now. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I started making paninis at an Italian market and that was my first job. So I think from there, uh. I've been working steadily and I've had a bank Ever account. Since, I don't know. Ever since the Panini days, Sean Patrick O'Brien has been making that dough in one way or another. Wow. I'm re- I'm just realizing now how many movies I've seen Lucas Hedges in. I've seen most of his filmography, like Lady Bird, Three Billboards. Waves. I loved Waves. Okay. Waves was great. I don't hear that opinion often and I, I'm here for it. No, awesome. I loved it. I loved it. One of my friends have had told me that it was like the greatest movie he's ever seen and then i went into the movie Mm -hmm. with like very high expectations because i do really trust his opinion and i i don't think i was let down but i don't know if it was just because it was like hyped up for me but i really did enjoy it fair enough now sean you have not seen the movie dan in real life no as far as i understand (laughs) it are you ever more enticed to see the movie now that you know the ins and outs of the entire cast list I have to see this movie. Okay, good. You are definitely welcome <laughs> back on the pod after you have seen this movie. But before we officially invite you back, let's go ahead and play our first segment of today's pod, sponsored, of course, by Anchor. Cool. So we're going to play a little game called Put It On My Tab, Sean. Here's the intro. Okay, so that's five miso soup, four seaweed salad, three soy burger dinner, two tofu dog platter, and one short stack with maple syrup. This is gonna cost you. Put it on my tab. What was it? Put it on my tab. Sure thing, Dan. Now, Sean, this line is one of the most iconic gift lines from the movie, spoken by Matthew Morrison from Glee. I'm going to give you 50 seconds, the amount of screen time that Matthew Morrison holds in Dan in real life. And I just want to see how many songs you can correctly guess that Matthew Morrison has sang in the TV show Glee. If you want to tap out at any time, all you have to do is say the title of the segment, put it on my tab. Okay, so you're, I don't have any hints. I'm just, what? The a, only okay. hint you get is that his general <laughs> vibe is that he has short curly hair, he wears sweater vests, and let me just say this, if Glee was performed today, he would probably have some kind of version of Lin-Manuel's My Shot to show the kids to get them interested in rap in Broadway. Mm, okay. Okay, so starting with that timer, go ahead and see how many Glee songs can you name from Matthew Morrison? Um, Umbrella by Rihanna. Um, something from Rocky Horror, maybe like... De- yes, definitely. Okay, um, like science fiction double feature, maybe? Unfortunately, uh, no. No, okay. Um... Oh God! Did they sing like pop songs as well? They definitely they do did. Sing okay, pop so songs. yeah, that's why I said umbrella because I feel like that was like the Glee era. But my time's ticking, and okay, okay. Um, 
let's say singing in the rain <laughs> no no absolutely and here's the thing Wait, Sean, he absolutely sings a mashup of singing in the rain against rihanna's umbrella okay yeah wait that i i guess i knew that in my subconscious okay um oh my god i think yeah. that's it i don't know put it on my tab you're the highest scorer of put it on my tab i don't know why i knew i knew that but i didn't i promise you i didn't look it up prior or anything and why would you like i don't know if you know this but glee is one of the most important musical just projects ever in the world they invented this concept sean of taking two songs that kind of sound similar and they do this thing where they just mash them together called a mash up and it's utterly impeccable and i i'm so glad you we get to talk about this because you guessed a dual answer well i think the yeah. the way to beat that game is to just think of like and i haven't seen clee but i i think i knew that there was like a mashup aspect to it but the way to beat the game for future participants would be to think of a song that was popular back then yes <laughs> And then think of another song that wasn't popular back then, mm-hmm. but is still in the American culture and try to find as quick as you can in 50 seconds, something that brings the two together. So yes. umbrella singing in the rain, you need an umbrella when you're in the rain. Mm-hmm. There's your answer. I love it. There's your mashup. Think like the Glee producers and maybe you'll find a point like I did. You heard it here first, Sean Patrick O'Brien. Think like the Glee producers. Sean, I would like to offer you a guest spot back on Dan in Real Life, but we have a few rules here on the pod. It was wonderful having you here, but you cannot be allowed back to continue a conversation like Dan tells Juliet Binoche in the movie. All we'd be is two people finishing a conversation. Okay. And with the same jovialness, I would want you to respond like Juliet Binoche, ideally, but to return on the pod, you would have to first of all watch the 2007 film Dan in Real Life. You would have to submit to a small quiz to prove that you'd watched the movie because. Just like Dan Burns, this pod is against lying in any capacity. So we would just need to test you. Do you submit to those terms? Of course I do. And I'm very okay. excited to watch this film now. Sean, it is an absolutely bonkers movie. Two-time Oscar award winning actress Diane Weiss dresses up as Charlie Chaplin at some point in the movie. Wow, just... I cannot wait. And as I said at the top of the pod, Emily Blunt drives a convertible. It's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. All right, listeners. Well, thanks again to Sean for guesting. And to hear more from Sean, please feel free to follow him on Twitter at Sean underscore P-O Brian, B-R-I-E-N. And definitely search for his podcast, SeltzerCast with Sean Patrick O'Brien. And Sean, thank you one more time for being on the pod. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Thank you for listening to this week's Dan for Life podcast. Reminder, second chair of the pod, Lauren, at Roadhouse1989 on Twitter, is still out on assignment listening to the um, (laughs) score for the film. She's been out on assignment for two months because it's taken me a long time to get this next episode out. But we're back and we're rolling, baby. Um, Hey, Garrison Turner did the theme song. Uh, Follow him on Instagram at Garrison underscore Turner, link in the bio. And Dan for Life is part of a wonderful family of podcasts like Zillennial Canon with Kieran Adam. Yes, I mentioned their Muppets 2011 episode, but maybe you want to listen more of Sean with the Kangaroo Jack episode or their wonderful Holes episode that just released. Maybe you want to listen to Back to Back. They just did a wonderful little episode with Deirdre Crean, who also just dropped an album called New Year's 
Day. Search for it on Spotify or your favorite music platform. D-E-I-R-D-R-E-C-R-E-A-N. But yeah, she just guessed it on Back to Back with Zach and Courtney. I like that manic podcast. Maybe I'll be on it one day. <laughs> a boy can dream. Um, SeltzerCast with Sean Patrick O'Brien. Obviously, I just did an episode. It was really fun. But he has a really exciting Canada Dry episode dropping this week with a little special guest you might know from television and movies. The Featured Players podcast is an SNL podcast that I've been craving and listening to all of a sudden. Bram, Beth, and Brendan, they evaluate every um, featured player's performance on Saturday Night Live episodes as of late. A really good episode to start with is episode 40 with about the John Mulaney episode this season with Skylar Fredusco, next week's guest on this pod. Oh my god, um, Jillian as the dad cast and yeah, I did an episode on Sully, and I love that episode, and I love Jillian so much. And, um, last but not least, I Was Scared too with JZT and Fesh. I don't like scary movies, but boy do I like those boys talking about scary movies. Please check them out, and I just hope everyone listening to this has a really good week. Sorry it took me so long to make a second episode. Second episode? Third episode? Will I make a fourth? We'll find out next week. Dan for life. <laughs>